that's what I get when I think of a, a little plastic, you know, like Tylenol container, I could just smell like an old dark drawer, right? And it's just like, that's not medicine, right? Medicine comes in so many forms. Movement is medicine, like color is medicine, music is medicine, light is medicine, interaction is medicine. Medicine is essentially like, it's, I don't even like to use like that word, but essentially it's just, it's a holistic informational field that is, that we need. And there is no one thing that's better than another. Greetings and love, you beautiful humans. It's Ben. Marlon Azurdia is a former CrossFit Games athlete living outside of Vancouver, and he's a great exemplar of what Mike likes to call appreciation to integration. Marlon is not your typical nutrition and holistic lifestyle coach. His life is his medicine, marked by a relentless pursuit of experiential learning he calls fit-losophy, or the love of well-being through wisdom. Mike, Marlon, and I chat about how we must change ourselves first, the dangers of revolutions, epigenetics and belief systems, the hundredth monkey effect, and much, much more. It was a pleasure having Marlon on, and we're excited to share this conversation with you all. Thanks so much for joining, and welcome back to Terrain Theory. Okay, we are live. Marlon Azurdia, welcome to the Terrain Theory Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. I really, uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm really excited to be here and to connect with you guys. Let's give the listener a little bit of background, who you are, what you do. Uh, well, I am um, I'm a personal trainer, holistic lifestyle coach. I basically, I'm an athlete. I just retired, semi-retired professional athlete as far as uh, I've been competing in CrossFit. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with everything I do. I'm uh, so basically my lifestyle is geared around uh, performance and um, nutrition and lifestyle, essentially teaching that to others. Um, I have a small business, which I work one-on-one with my clients and I just teach them exercise and, um, you know, basically put them through, um, through routines and things to help them, you know, increase their mobility, uh, keep them energetic, uh, teach as much as I can in the nutrition side and lifestyle stuff, which is, mostly the stuff that people have a harder time kind of, uh, adopting, but, um, mostly just that. And I just, uh, um, like I said, full-time was a full-time athlete, still train like a full-time athlete just because my life allows me to I've set my life up that way. But, um, my biggest mission is just to, just to empower people with, uh, the tools uh, needed to, um, and the, to, to build the habits to just have a healthier life. I love it. Well, I think we'll get into the the CrossFit thing. Uh, I've got a lot of questions there. The CrossFit Games are going on right now. Of course, I'm sure you're you're following. So we'll yeah. follow up there. Mm-hmm. I want to start with a question that I didn't send over ahead of time, but is one that uh, that came to me later. Your your social media profile says at the top alchemist, and that mm-hmm. caught my eye, and I know that caught Mike's eye as well. And I want to know what you mean by that. Okay, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I, I throw things out there and you know, put things that you know because these social media platforms are nice to just, we can add things and talk about things and, you know, come about with different kind of images that people might wonder about or, you know, may not or whatever it is. But I'm glad that caught your attention just because it is alchemy is uh, something I've been into for a very long time as far as um, just trying to discover what it truly is first and foremost, because 
It could be used symbolically. It could be metaphorically. It could be, you know, there's these different ways of looking at alchemy, but like an actual practice before chemistry, right? Or, you know, as Carl Jung and all these guys talk about how it was like a basically, um, it was like a metaphor for like the soul, right? Like the, the, the spirit and how to like transmute yourself um, into something greater and ascent, essentially like ascension or something like that, right? Where you're just, you're building up your spirituality and your, your awareness um, and using the elements of, of the forces of, of nature to do so. Right. Um, and so I believe that, uh, through just my study of that, I believe that that's who we are. We are alchemists, essentially life is alchemy. The whole, everything existence is an alchemical process, right? Things are always transmuting themselves into other things. And, um, you know, a very simple example of that is like, um, just we have a lot of we can basically use minerals from the soil right um and turn them into vitamins right inside our bodies essentially right so that's what that's what plants do and plants transmute sunlight and they we eat sunlight through plants so they're kind of like our external organs and that's the only way we can absorb light essentially and we absorb it through the skin somewhat but you know it's it's basically that's the alchemical process so we're always using like lower forces or higher forces to uh, dominate lower forces and vice versa. Right. And so we're doing this uh, continuously within ourselves, within our body. Um, animals are doing this like chickens. Like I think they say like uh, I've read um, uh, several times where they say like there isn't like a chicken doesn't have enough calcium inside its body to make an egg. Right. But somehow it transmutes obviously elements and minerals and all the things that it does um, to make it a chicken egg. Right. So like that is essentially what alchemy, they talk about, you know, making base metals into gold, right. That's what everybody understands it at. Right. But what, what's happening there is you're, 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 you're creating something out of essentially something that like gold from not gold. And so there's, there's a process there. That's where we're still kind of, we still lack that understanding, but we don't really lack it because those answers are within us all. So like I said, I'm an alchemist because I'm always, let's say using opportunities, lower opportunities, lesser opportunities and making, creating the best, um, uh, the, the best out of them, like essentially turning them into something very valuable. Right. And I do this with everything in my life. And it's just, it's very, very interesting when you start to connect with, um, with these forces and, uh, these, um, when you start to really look within yourself and, 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 you know, your higher self and you basically start to get these, like this help that everything just starts to flow so nicely and effortlessly. Right. And like, you know, for example, my house here, I, I have like, I moved into this house where it's like, there's just so much stuff laying around that was, wasn't taken by the, the last people that lived here. And, um, I just, I didn't really did much with it. I, Basically, I got rid of things as I needed to, right, as, as I needed to fit and to make room for things. But there was, there's always things, I always tell this to people, but there's always things laying around this house or like in the yard or like just tools and things that I never would have thought I ne- like I needed ever or paid attention to them. But as I go and I, my journey opens up and I start to, you know, explore and to build my garden out and to do things like within the house and, and within my business because I run my business out of my house it things just appear like that I, that I need, you know what I mean? Like I would have never like, it's just like even going to, to the, to the ocean and you, you pick up this stone. It's like a really nice stone. You throw it. It's like, 
that stone traveled how many thousands of years and broke up into so many little pieces and eventually landed, it ended up in this ocean and it was waiting for you to pick it up and then to throw that perfect, to cast it away into the ocean and skip it X amount of times, right? And then like, just be like, be like amazed by that, by that ability and be like, wow, you see how many times I skipped that rock? It's like these things are always laying around and eventually they're just there at the right moment. And that is essentially like taking, like you, you're in the flow of things and things just, it seems like they magically appear to you, but they're actually, it's not magic. It's just, you are almost, it's like a precognitive ability to set things up for yourself. And so, and it's, and you do this effortlessly, right? And so that's essentially, I think a practice of alchemy and understanding both from the material plane and like the energetic and spiritual planes. And so that's essentially why I'm like, I'm not afraid to say that because I don't have to be in this laboratory, you know, in the medieval times to, 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 to claim <laughs> that. Right. I think that we, this is a, of course, in that sense, we have chemistry now, right. From alchemy came chemistry, but that was just, again, that's, I think a commer- commercialization of, of a practice, which it's happened in all things, right. Astrology, astronomy, like, these things have all been commercialized and have been, I guess, degraded. And um, mm-hmm. in order for to take away like the the spiritual aspects of them and the, the energetic um, components and the th- the wisdom, the ancient wisdom that actually is there. And so we actually all have this ability, right? Every every single one of us has this ability, and we just have to learn to connect to that. And we, as you guys know, terrain theory, you guys understand the terrain and you, you, you have, uh, given, um, uh, respect and honoring and trying to make awareness of the capabilities of our body and how we have, like, I would say magic just stands for, it just means power. So it comes from the word ma. So we have the power within us essentially, right? We have the magic. So that's essentially kind of, you know, there's more to, to the alchemy part, but I think that's for now, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a beautiful synopsis. We are clearly kindred spirits and I, I'm really gr- Sometimes I just want to sit in my chair and listen to people just throw sparks because, uh, because it just feels good to hear this sort of wisdom. Uh, how old are you, Marlon? I'm 36. 36. And the the type of philosophy that you just threw down is, is that, do you find you're able to impart that to your clients that you work with or do you, do you tend to sort of like stick stay in the lane of like well here's some good nutrition habits and maybe you should get outside once in a while and lift a weight like you know how how much philosophy are you able to sort of get into your working with people well i like i like how you're using the word philosophy and this is why i uh, you know my my account's called uh, Marlon's Reader Fit Philosophy. It's something that I started a little while ago. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I love that. Yeah, so it's called Fit Philosophy. And, I, you know, it'd be good to, to explain a little bit of that real quick before I get into that, just because, you know, philosophy is like, comes from the um, uh, philosophy as kind of like something that came from, I believe it's from the ancient uh, the Greeks, right? And it was um, um, Philo and Sophia, which is like the love of wisdom, right? And so mm-hmm. I... I started using the word fit philosophy since like back in 2013. And, um, I was like, you know what, like fit fitness, which is a huge thing, right? It's like the fitness industry was growing. That's when I got into it is getting massive. And I said, fit philosophy, right? I was like, this is actually something I'd like to put together just because 
for me, philosophy, and I, you, I don't, I know you'll never hear this somewhere else. So this is probably the first time you'll hear it like this, which I've explained it as, but um, the way I'm explaining it. But it's philosophy is essentially the love of well-being through wisdom, or sorry, the love of wisdom through well-being, right? Because fitness, for now in this modern age, fitness means well-being or healthy, right? Being fit enough or survival of the fittest, which that's not the way it was supposed to be. But so, philosophy is the love of of, um, uh, of wisdom through well-being. So when you're when you're well, you become pretty wise because you understand the elements, you understand nature, you understand yourself as without, so within. So you gain this understanding. So through our efforts to be healthier, to be fitter, we actually grow wiser. And so I try to apply this as much as possible with my clients because um, in a way that I can meet them where they're at, I don't. Mm-hmm they know who I am essentially. That's why they come to me and they, you know, they, they refer clients to me and, and, and I think energetically I connect with them where they're at and I, and I accept everyone and anyone I, I train all kinds of people um, and of all cultures. And we just grow this really, we, we have this really nice community and it's a nice place to hang out. It's a club to hang out and to, you know, to, to exchange energy and to exercise. And I try to, I try to, you know, sneak in, what I, what I do, um, as much as possible, but, you know, they see me, a lot of my clients see me as, Oh, you're, you're Marlon though. You know, like you're this guy who's just, you're, you're not normal or you're not human or you're a machine or whatever they want to say. Right. Cause they want to place right. me in this like really high category. But I tell them, I say, well, you know, you, you can do this. Like, this is, you know, this is where, this is where it starts. Obviously they're exercising and they, they are getting that that knowledge of exercise and they know how, how well it makes them feel. And that's like a start for them, even though the exercise is almost a lot more punishing than, I don't know, not having, let's say three coffees in one day. Like the hardest thing I always find for people is the nutrition is the lifestyle because we're so driven by our thoughts and our emotions and they, and it's a basically a program where you're in like a constant feedback loop of each other, right? So how you think is how you feel and how you feel is how you think. And it's almost really hard to break that cycle. So I think a lot of times people just say, as long as I get a workout in and I feel better, then I can have a better like mindset to make better choices in my life. I'm a lot more calm and I'm not so stressed. So then that's where I meet them, right? And so I think mm-hmm. people, you, you start to get to know that we can't just change like that quickly and people need a lot of help and they need a lot of push and they need a lot of inspiration. So you have to find, find that fine line of being able to like not be too pushy, meet people where they're at and then just give them a little. And if they want more, you give them a little more and so forth and so on. And so I have, you know, I do what I can. Obviously I wish that I could, you know, see everybody do everything I do, but I understand now getting a little bit older and have been doing this for a little while now that not everyone can just drop everything and just automatically change their life. Like, you know, like the way and live the way I do essentially, let's say. Right. But they, at least if they have an inspiration, if they have somebody who they can follow or at least, you know, see, for example, in the real flesh, like, Hey, this guy's doing this, you know, he's well, he never gets sick. What is he doing? Maybe I'll just keep coming here. Maybe I'll just keep learning a little bit and a little more and a little more and so forth and so on. Right. Yeah, I, I've been trying in in my awareness to be more cognizant of the fact. I see the last two years I'm an out of work musician essentially, so I've had nothing but time. 
and mm-hmm. you know it's it's been an adjustment but i have been able to devote basically my entire life to all the things you're talking about um and like just pursuing health pursuing exercise pursuing sunlight pursuing structured water pursuing a a positive mental attitude pursuing a deeper spirituality and but it's not lost on me that most people do not have the time in their day to do one of the things I just listed. And I've gotten some criticism when, you know, from my different like shares, uh, people like will snap back like this, this guy thinks he's going to eat a couple mushrooms and be okay. And I've been trying to share more because of that. Cause like, I'm not like, I'm like, here I am naked in the sun and here I am watering my garden barefoot and here I am up at sunset and here I am choosing yeah. organic at the farmer's market. And it's yeah. like, I'm just trying to lead by example, like you say, but with respect, because it's, it's a lot, people are up against a lot just to get through the day, just to get uh, what's expected of them accomplished, whether that's, uh, as a parent or just your responsibilities at work, or we all know that this society is set up to sort of keep us all at wit's end. And so I've learned to have a measure of grace, like you just described in, as I sort of approach this subject of moving towards a healthier lifestyle, that you have to be gentle with people and sort of move slow because there's only so many hours in the day and most of them are spoken for. Yeah, I'd say that that's well said. And it's it's so true, you know, and what you're doing right now is actually that's all you can do. And you can't you shouldn't try to do any more than that. Right. Because as long as you are living the life that you would like to see or to, to, to participate in the world that you would love to see made manifest, you have to you have to make it manifest within yourself first. Right. We have to change ourselves in order to change the world. And, you know, all you need to be, even in just being one extra person at that farmer's market, that's support for that farmer's market to exist. You know what I mean? And whatever, you're putting your your, your pictures out there that you're doing, you know, that you're in the garden. That is now a reality that exists. That is now reality. The algorithms are picking up. This is something now that is an option and and it's a possibility now. And this is how we have to... Um, not be shy to put ourselves out there because guess what? You can unfollow me if you like, I don't care. I'm still going to exist here. Whether I like get one like or I get a thousand likes or a million likes, I'm not doing this because I need likes or I'm not doing this because I need support from people or confirmation. I know what I'm doing feels good. I know that it's healthy. I know that I'm not intruding on anyone's sovereignty. I'm not forcing anyone to do this. I'm just out here giving my perspective and showing you that there's this possibility, mm-hmm. right? And this is now a road that you could take to a path that you could follow, you can inquire about, right? And the more that exists, then it's not such a thing that's like, oh, you know, that's that's pseudo or that's, you know, for hippies or that's, you know, that was back in the day. This is now we're living in a modern world that doesn't, that, that does, that's not sustainable now. It's like, no, it is. What, what makes anything not sustainable is losing the practice, losing the knowledge, right? And in time there was like, and then uh, like a revolution, right? Like the, the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution, like every time there's like so-called revolutions, those are just crippling uh, scenarios. They're crippling uh, moments in our, in our societies, which have crippled our abilities to, they've taken our skills away. Essentially. I'm not saying that I'm, I, I don't like my stove or, I, you know, I haven't used a microwave for like 20 years, but I, I, I appreciate the stove, but you know, like learning how to, you know, gather wood and make fires is something that 
you know, and, and how to make ovens out of clay and stuff like these are skills that people are now trying to bring back and trying to, you know, create because there's, there's power in that. And, 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 um, and, uh, anything like learning how to cook. Like nowadays we're moving into an, an, an another revolution where you could just order your, your, your meals online and they deliver them to you. Right. So now people are losing the ability to even cook for themselves, even one small meal, right? Everything comes in a plastic bag or in a little kit. And, um, you know, what is that doing for the environment? What is that doing for your ability to connect with your food, to understand even what food looks like, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. if you grow food, which I, I, I've heard you just say you did like, you understand the effort that takes and you know so basically like we have to maintain this practice we have to maintain these practices alive like i have a son i have what my wife and son i didn't mention at the beginning but my son sees me every day in the yard he sees me every day in the gym he sees me so he's seeing this right and what we know from epigenetics is that you know your genetics are not based on your 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 heredity right it's not something you you get essentially passed on as like a like, like physically, like here you're getting this, this crappy gene. No, like it's environmental. So you are a product of your environment and that is what shapes your behaviors. It's what shapes your, 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 um, you're basically adapting to your environment. So if you, I tell this everybody that I train, I say, essentially, if you are somebody who has parents who have diabetes, right. And you go to the doctor and I tell you, yeah, you know what, you're at risk of being for diabetes. They're not, they're not referring to you necessarily having a diabetes gene in your body. What they're saying is you are at risk because, well, they're not saying this, but what's really actually happening is you live in that environment. You have the exact same diet as your parents. You drink the same amount of like sugar. You have the same amount of unhealthy habits of putting certain chemicals and things in your body and living that sedentary lifestyle, which you're now going to be, if you follow you're also going to get diabetes, right? right? It's not like if you walk away from that situation, you're still going to get diabetes. No, like if you walk out of that situation, you change your lifestyle, you're not going to get diabetes. So right. they kind of are telling you the truth, but they're not. They're trying to hide it and making you feel like, okay, now you got to get on some medication just to make sure you don't get it. But they're not telling you to change your lifestyle. They're not telling you how do your parents see what, what is their, you know, like what are, what, are, what are their habits, right? So I tell, I, and I've made a quote about this recently. I said, you know, you're not a you're not a victim of your genetics. You're a victim of your culture, right? Yeah, yeah. And what you just said about is. revolution, you sort of like just the. I never really thought you just put it into relief for me, like the that revo- the red flag of the word revolution. It's like because what is a quote unquote revolution according to the mainstream history is is the creation of a monoculture, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this is the way we do things now, and everything yeah. else is archaic or passe or yes. less efficient um and so it's the uh the buying in of a predominant paradigm at a mass scale and one thing that we know through history is that um that is against biodiversity and anything that's against biodiversity is ultimately destructive Right. Yes. So I never really looked at that word. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, I've been, you know, cognizant that the agricultural revolution uh, was perhaps a misstep for the culture at large, and that the industrial revolution. Uh, I have a song called "I'm Ready for the Industrial Revolution to Be Over." I mean, <laughs> these are things I think about a lot. But thank yeah. you for for reminding me that they are actually 
uh, sort of the the signposts in the road where maybe we, as a fucking massive culture, the predominant culture that has sort of taken over the realm, uh, that's where we took a wrong turn. The revolution is actually maybe the problem. Yeah, they, they, you know, it's it's just it's just marketing, right? Yeah. Know, once we, once <laughs> yeah. we understand, once right. we understand, yeah, once we understand that there is corporations behind everything, and we understand what the nature of a corporation is, right? It's here to sell us something. It's here to profit from someone, yeah. right? It's not necessarily you. It's not going to capture you, but it does everything it can. It understands. It tries to understand, and I call this it's it's an entity of its own, right? And um, they try to bind us to them, right? But they basically, they have certain habits and they have certain predatory um, uh, habits that are basically geared towards getting our attention and to giving us something, giving us the idea that they're giving us something that we are going to constantly need, right? And that we need them in order for us to make our life easier and to survive, right? So this is just a strategy they're using to, again, market whatever it is they're trying to market and profit off of. So as long as we treat them as that, you know, if you see Best Buy or, you know, Radio Shack, whatever people have, or, you know, if we see it as, um, as just a place that you go and get electronics, you know, okay, it's there. I don't have to go there every day. I don't absolutely, I have a laptop already. I have this, that's it. I don't need anything else. I'm okay with this. I don't need to buy the next one six months from now because mine works well and I understand that that's just a store and it's outside of me it's not part of me and um, I have the power and willingness to go there whenever I'd like and to support it maybe I can walk through there just look around and not buy anything sure but I have the power to use it as much as I want so it doesn't have any power over me and so these corporations have just become so huge and they've taken over these industries in order to mass scale their 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 products and that's all they're doing is they're just they're just using these words like revolution to give us to think that they're doing something you know revolutionary for us and then we think wow yeah this is revolutionary but again we are just always looking for something to make life easier as time moves forward because things are getting more stressful and because you know, obviously inflation, all these different things and the way that it takes to just where I live, it's really expensive to live here in Vancouver and things are going up and up and up. And it's like, you have no choice. You have to make money. You have to grind like they say. Right. But that word, even that word, like, you know, people saying I'm grinding away, you know, it's like, you're literally like your gears grinding. Like that doesn't sound good. Right. It sounds like you're destroying yourself. So you literally have accepted the fact that you are willing to destroy yourself in order to make somewhat of a decent living. And, what comes last, unfortunately, is your health in that whole paradigm, right? But yeah. these industries don't care. And like, again, they, they can call it a revolution and they can flip things and invert things for us to think that it's a good thing, you know, and that's what they've done, right? And they do that in every, in every, in every and I say they in broadly, in a broad, broad terms, but it's just basically, like I said, corporations and whoever's behind those corporations and they just hide behind corporations. But basically it's an agenda that it's here to, to just to just make money and that's okay you can i'm not hating you for that you can do that all you want but if they don't have supporters they can't grow so we just have to know how to not support who we don't want to see grow and what do we want to see grow and that's really all it is but that takes a lot and it takes awareness and it takes guys like you guys who are making podcasts and i have a podcast too that i 
like to maybe get you guys on one day. I started it last year, but I'm kind of stopped it. But essentially, I, I do want to it's connecting and, and doing this. And that's the good thing about the internet is being able to connect with people, you know, because sometimes in your own community, you don't have that that similar people. But and then you think you're the only one. And then you think, oh, nobody, the world is just falling apart. But it's like, no, the world is not falling apart. There's billions of people waking up and yeah. or at least I wouldn't call it just so that people don't think that they're not the ones waking up just to mm-hmm. say there's people out there that are becoming aware of certain paradigms and they're becoming aware of certain skill sets that we have and abilities that we have, which are actually granting us a lot of power and sovereignty. And it's a beautiful thing. And guess what? That's okay. Like it's okay to not be there and it's okay to be there. Everything that is here is perfectly the way it's supposed to be, you know, and it's always, it's going to take work. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. That's it. Yeah, and I appreciate that you've used the word a number of times, awareness. Uh, the two words that, that I, I, we always come back to on Terrain Theory are um, agency and accountability feel like part of the paradigm shift away from you know germ theory, victimhood. Agency, you have power over yourself. Accountability, you have to hold yourself accountable to your actions, your habits. Awareness is a huge piece to that, and I almost feel like that needs to be incorporated, and it's self-awareness first, and I feel like this is where I'm going to maybe bounce a bit back and forth and push back against both of you. This is sometimes what I do um, or how I feel. When you, Mike, you talk about giving people or allowing for that grace, not everyone has the time, I look at that and go, I think people have more time than they think. (laughs) And, and this is the self-awareness piece, and this is hard work. So it takes hard work to and willpower to get to where, Marlon, perhaps you are in life. And that is, or and, and where Mike and I have aspired to go and continue to aspire to go in the, the direction we're trying to go. And that is, you know, impeccable terrain, habit stacking, which requires time. And the only place you get that time is by evaluating your life, evaluating your waking time and go, where am I spending that time? Where am I allocating my attention? What can I cut away? And this takes a lot of self-awareness first. So it's really, can you take a notebook, journal your day? What did you do? Every step of the way, where did you allocate your time and your attention? And I challenge the listener and I often will challenge people. And sometimes this feels like maybe a little too aggressive, but I bet you can find another two hours in your day. And some people think I've worked hard, you know, I worked hard all day doing this job. I, I have earned two hours of veg time mm-hmm. watching, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, watching mm-hmm. a street service. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, you think you've earned that, but if you cut that two hours of vegging on the couch, consuming, which is now p- providing money to that same corporation you're talking about, Marlon, you take that two hours and start a garden. You take that two hours and, uh, and, and, and expand on your physical practice or your mental practice, your meditation, perhaps learn a new skill, your life will transform. And just that two hours every day over the course of 365 days, you will be unrecognizable. And that's hard for some people to do. But at first thing, the first step is that self-awareness. Where are you spending your time? Because all we really have as a resource is time. We've got our starting point and our end point in this physical body. Um, And that's the sort of like, that's that's just that pushback. and, And you can still provide grace for those folks, but also they need to under, everyone needs to understand. I need to understand because I'm, I'm also guilty of sometimes wasting my time, not, um, not being as self-aware as I'd like, but, uh, that first step is sit 
evaluate your day, evaluate your habits, evaluate the impulses you have, and ask yourself, where's that habit coming from? How deep-seated is it? Where are these impulses coming from to perhaps put food in my mouth that I know is not good for me, that is going to take me away from my stated goal, uh, and then make some changes? You know, but that first step is self-awareness and awareness. So I love that word, and I think it's one that, you know, Mike, you and I should start incorporating a little That's, bit more as like yeah. a starting place. Thank you for pushing back on that. I do appreciate that um, counter narrative because I think it's also very easily for all of us, us included, to play the victim card. It's like, well, I just, I'm at my wits end or I'm this, I'm exhausted or I'm that. And and then that becomes your story, right? So to just question what your self-talk and start to tell yourself a different story is often just the first step. Yeah, it's a... It's, it's just, you know, real quick touching on that time thing. I, I, I hear, I tell people all the time, I tell them that um, time is the one thing that is free, but none of us can afford, right? You see a lot of people can afford a lot of things, but they can't afford to have the time, right? And so that, uh, sorry, I'm just going to put my phone here on uh, silent. I don't know why I was, I have it on airplane mode too. Um so they don't have the time because they can't afford the time. And, and that's because they can't make the time like, um, and, and, and it's basically like you mentioned here. And, and it's like, it's very, it's, it is, it's something that I've been trying to figure out how to, how to, how to address that. And like awareness is the key, right? Practice, uh, allocating the necessary habits, right. And it's prioritization, right. And it's, and that's also understanding like, what do you really want in life? Right. Like mm-hmm. the thing is like, I think the stress overtakes um, your ability to think creatively. And if you Mm -hmm. can't be creative, then you can't create. Right. So if you are under a state of stress, fight or flight, all you can think about is your survival needs. And that could be a bag of chips. That could be a soda. That could be just, I need rest for two hours and watch something that doesn't allow, require me to actually have to do too much thinking and figuring out my, my problems right now. So, you know, and, and so that in itself is a, is, a, is a survival state. And so what we've seen over the last two years is, is a heightened survival um, fight or flight kind of constant state, right? Because now everyone's your enemy. Now you are essentially scared for your life at every turn. And, and it's an invisible boogeyman that could get you at any time, right? And so... What that's done more now is allowed is maybe people veg out more, go more into their devices, more into the internet, more into binge watching series. Like, you know, I'd always find it funny that everything was shut down for two years, but somehow over the last two years, there's been more TV programs out and more series filmed than ever in the history of, 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 of our, of our, of our even understanding of, of like movies and entertainment. So how did that happen? How was it that nobody was supposed to be close to each other and not, you know, be able to, to even go to work, whatever, let's say. And somehow there's more TV now than ever has been like, like obviously stuff has been happening for the last two years and people have been filming things because, you know, but it's a strategy, right? Like you make people consume more from the convenience of your own home. And now everything's online, right? The big shifts have happened where now all the online shopping and all the, you know, just interactions are going online and this is essentially yes it's a we're going inwards into this internet of things and we are 
connect it's being connected to the body as well so it's moving into the internet of bodies as well and that is where they're where, where this next revolution is taking us right and so going back to revolutions is that if we're not careful we're going to think and when i say we i mean the collective not necessarily me or maybe you guys but we because we always have to consider ourselves as part of this whole collective mind and this is essentially that we would fall into this trap that conveniently i would like my body to be upgraded with digital gadgets or to be connected to my gadgets or just so that I can make my life more convenient. Right. And that it would save me time. It would save me effort. And, um, you know, I'll have information that's like even just much easier. And so, um, you know, this is, this is actually another form of, I would say, I don't want to say a trap. I don't want to like deem it as something evil being brought by some evil entity, but I think it's again, another, strategy to create more wealth for certain groups of people or more ability to predict our behavior and to be able to sell us and understand what we want before we even want it ourselves right and so these are this is the next step now and so we are essentially have to be aware of that as well because if we can't get out of a state of stress then we will never actually be able to just be okay with not having something to do something to listen to, something to be tuning into, some feed, some person, some new series, whatever it may be, we will never actually be able to get to that state without, you know, going in like yin, having more yin, more resting, more, you know, everything's speeding up vibrationally, everything's speeding up, the environment is hotter, um, you know, like there's just more tension, there's more negativity, there's, that you know, there's this lingering kind of heat of like, you know, like I would say like, um, yeah, just a, it's a, it's not a negativity in sense, but it's just heat and heat mm-hmm. causes inflammation. Right. And this inflammation is, is, is causing, you know, agitation. And so people are in a constant state of agitation, fight or flight. And those, your system is, 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 is disrupted. And so that disruption actually creates an inner, um, lack of, of, uh, peace and it chelates a lot of nutritional things from your body right like a lot of elements a lot of minerals and it's it's chelating away at your chi at your energy and at your um essentially your 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 vital um the, the things that make up that keep your body in homeostasis right and so that disrupts your inner being which which uh, it makes you a little desperate and so that forces you to go and look for some instant gratification, right? Because everything works on hormones and we get really good at creating feel good hormones on, um, things that don't deliver, um, quality, right? Mm -hmm. It's more of a quantitative thing. So we're quantitatively consuming things and putting that into our body, which only momentarily makes us feel good. And so qualitatively though, that's not making us feel good in the long run. Right. And so what we need to understand is the difference between quality and quantity, right? Because we're in a quantitative Newtonian physical materialistic paradigm for a long time now. Right. And they've tried to make everything like a physical machine, like the body's a machine that we could just take away, put in, subtract, add, and we can just basically put you apart and pick you apart and put you back together like a car. Right. And so they've, they've mechanized essentially react like nature. Right. And so 
and made it predictable. They, they think that it's predictable, right? They make you think that you're predictable and that you can just, as long as you know what, how like the pieces work, then we can just, that's it. We don't even know anything else. Right. And so, and again, this is just under a microscope. This is not even anything close to what happens in nature, but essentially that's what it is. It's a state of stress. So I think I've, I've been thinking really deeply as to what we need to do because there's, I've just been listening to about like a lot of podcasts, a lot of people out there putting out great information, great awareness, things about awareness, about what, what's happening, right? Really pointing out who's the, the players, right? Who's out there doing the things that are doing other things that are making us think that things are happening, which aren't happening. And, um, but I think the solution here is, you know, why don't we just like fill or flood the internet with, with, um, and, and I, and I heard, uh, you know, this guy, uh, Ben Joseph Stewart say the other day, he said, um, you know, because essentially if, if this is like, this is the age of, of information and information is bigger than big oil, right? Big data is, is bigger than big oil. And so it's all about data. It's data driven. So everything's about statistics, right? So if, if this is where it's going, then we need to, whatever we're putting out there, the content, like just like right now, we're putting out this gold, this, this basically this information that can be turned into such great knowledge and great power. Right. And so that's what we need to do is just put out there the information that's going to help people um, see the light and want to give it to them enough, just like they market, just like there's corporations that are marketing constantly to you to make you think that you need this one thing, right? Otherwise you won't be okay. Um, just, just as much as there is that we need to get, we need to use our, we need to get more marketing skills essentially, right? Get better at marketing our skills, get better at marketing our lifestyle and, and really make someone really want to have this lifestyle. You know what I mean? And yeah. we just have to play the same game. That's it. And it's just, it's essentially just a little game and it's just, and it's fun, right? Because you know what? It's, it's actually fun to be, to know that you're, when you're living, cause I'm no, I'm sure you guys have experienced this when you're, when you're living a good, healthy life and you're prioritizing your time and you're building awareness through your experience, right? It's you're getting more time for what you want to do and you're gaining more awareness of what you're doing. So it's like, it just keeps building on itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you feel great. And when you feel great, you can share more and you can be more compassionate. You can connect with, with other people, like-minded people. And you are actually expanding this mycelium network that's growing. And it's, it's like another internet, right? But it's, it's an, it's an interwoven connectedness of just of, of, of similar habits, which are being picked up in the field and other people are picking up on it. Right. An idea is not, is not, is not just in your own mind, it's in your own head. An idea is actually everywhere and right. it's just floating around. And you got the idea because somebody else thought it like, there's no such thing as privacy when it comes to your ideas. And so your <laughs> habits are the same way. It's called morphic resonance. And so you are basically resonating this field through your habits, which are being picked up, right? I, I call it, it's, it's, it's the hundredth monkey effect, they call it, right? And so it wasn't until the hundredth monkey, you know, call it the hundredth monkey, started washing its its um, potatoes in the water to get rid of the sand that all the monkeys and other places started doing the same thing, right? And it's just an analogy to, to show you that habits can be picked up as well. So we don't necessarily have to be screaming at the top of our lungs. We just have to do the work every day. Like the, like the uh, Zen Cohen said, chopping wood and carrying water. You just got to do that every day. Chop wood, carry water. 
chop wood, carry water, do it regardless. Do it regardless of anybody's watching you, anyone's giving you recognition. You know what I mean? Like, does it exist if you don't have 100,000 followers? Yes, it does exist um, because your actions are actually resonating. And so you are, you're putting that out in the field and that field is going to get picked up by someone else. So the most important thing is to do the work. It doesn't have to be publicized. It doesn't have to be necessarily put out there in like the best, you know, like it doesn't have to be marketed so much. It can be that that comes obviously additionally, but just doing the work. That's all it is. If enough people do the work, we will have a paradigm shift so quickly, so easily. And that's all it is, man. And sometimes it's so hard to understand that because we all want to get out there. We all want to put ourselves out there. We all want to have a huge following. We all want to just like, you know, like be ourselves, make ourselves known to the internet. And because everyone's on their phones, of course, but then we, we put so much effort and time into that, that we're like, man, I don't have the energy to go out there and walk barefooted. I don't have the energy to go out there and, you know, spend time in the garden or to work out or to have some meditation because I'm thinking like, what do I got to do next? Like, how can I, you know, structure my program next? How can I put it out there? How can I do this? Who can I connect with next? And that's okay. We have to have allocate time, allocate time for that. But what I mean is that it's okay if we, you know, sometimes take a break and be like, you know what, right now I need to bring myself back to neutral, bring myself back to homeostasis, ground myself, because that's the most important thing right now. If I'm not practicing what I preach, then I, I'm not going to have the, the vitality to show for what I'm doing. And I'm not, people, I'm not going to be very believable. People are not going to believe what I do. Right. And you know, that's basically what it is. What comes to mind is uh, a tuning fork. And so by, Mm. by living, you know, by living that way every day, like you said, do the work, even if no one's watching, you're like a tuning fork that bing, and then you carry that when you walk out into the world and then that vibration others will pick up on and then they'll start resonating bing with it. And then all of a sudden you got, you know, 7 billion tuning forks all. That's, all a, that's a great analogy. Yeah. That's yeah. a great analogy. That's what that's be exactly the tuning what fork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta be a tuning fork. You gotta, and you know, people know this, people know this. And the thing is with English is English is a funny language because it's, it's got the secrets in it. You just have to really yeah. dig down into the word, right? Because, People are always saying, you're killing my vibe, bro. You know, like it's a thing like you're killing my vibe, you know, or this guy's so, so negative, right? But it's like, what is negativity? Negativity is like a polarized energy. It's an energy that's like supposedly bad, right? But you can't have a positive without a negative. Like everything has to be polarized. You can't have night without day. But like you're just carrying an energy that's not necessarily what I need at this moment. So you are now, you have now um, given, given, of your attention and your awareness, the fact that there is such thing as a vibration and that vibration carries information and that information carries some type of, of of knowledge for your body, right? Or a a state of, of, uh, of being that is going to be transferred onto you and you want to X yourself out of that. Right. So you, people know this, but they don't want to, you know, you know, they say with science, it's not a, it's not a thing, right? Like energy is not a thing. We can't have these things because it's, they they like to, they like to take that away, but people know about vibrations. So yes, you know, you raise your vibration, then people can pick up on that. And, you know, I think that's, that, that is something very, very important that we starting, I think more and more people are starting to resonate with. I was looking at your guys' podcast recently about you guys were um, connecting with um, 
forget her name, but she's uh, Veda Austin. Structured maybe? the structured water stuff, right? Yeah, Veda. And, Veda um, Austin. She, yeah, she's and she's and that's like that's based of uh, that um, uh, of uh, Emoto's work, right? And 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 so you know we do we are essentially water beings, and water carries memory. So if we're carrying collective trauma, if we're carrying a trauma inside of us, we are passing that on collectively through the field, right? So we have to heal that by just doing the work. And this is like, you know, essentially what monks did, right? Monks would just go and meditate and they just, they were, they're essentially doing the work by healing the world by through their meditations. And, and we know that this is a real thing. We can look at a lot of studies that show this, that there's a lot of, Joe Dispenza talks a lot about it, but basically, and others have talked about this too, about the experiments where people have all meditated for like 20 minutes, a thousand people meditate at once. And they've seen that there's shifts in the world during those times. So that, that collective effort makes a big difference. And as long as we know that, and we're all like, we all know that you're doing the work, I'm doing the work, we're all doing the work out there. We know we have a family and we have a, we have a, a, um, a community that's all doing the work. We can have peace in that and we don't have to be super um, agitated and be, you know, uh, be like swept up by this like current of like polarities and, and, and oppositions and dualism with all the, the politics that are going on in the world. And they're just trying to divide, right? They're trying to create confusion and they're trying to stir up, right? Controversy and things that are going to make you take away the energy from doing the work, yeah. right? That I think that's an important point, and I and it comes back to something you said, which was that folks can't find the time because they're we're in a state of fear. People are in a mm-hmm. heightened state of fear and anxiety, and so my challenge again to the listener and to and to people that come into my world is find that source of fear and cut it off. By and yes. large, I think most people will find that it's predominantly the media that they're consuming, that they are choosing to consume. So by subscribing to a, a newspaper, like even the New York Times, these, you know, the old grade lady, you think that these established media outlets are you know, reputable. Uh, if if you find that the headlines that you're consuming and the stories that you're consuming are largely fear provoking or anxiety provoking, you need to cut that source. You need to cut that off. You need to cut off that source and you can make that decision. Stop watching the news if it's making you feel fearful and anxiety. And I, I get pop-ups. I'm on, a, I'm on a Mac. I get little pop-ups, little notifications from Apple News and I've like kept track of it just sort of intellectually. Uh, you know, 90% of the headlines are meant to make me fearful and I'm going to mm-hmm. click through because I need to understand what the source of fear is. And it is like choosing to put yourself in the, in the vicinity of the, of the tiger, of the lion. Like every time you're consuming and choosing to turn on the news or read these headlines or read this media, you are choosing to now put yourself in proximity of the lion. And now you can't, you can't attend to the other things necessary for survival and thriving because you're constantly running away from that lion. Um, This is true. Sorry. I was just letting my dog out there. He was trying to get out. So I let him out. Um, But this is exactly what it is that you just said. And um, I think we're on this podcast, obviously, because, you know, for my, because uh, I'll obviously share this and, you know, for my audience and people that know me and they understand about, they might not really understand it. Well, I've been trying to make awareness as much as possible that that train, the train versus the germ. And, um, you know, you guys have empowered yourselves, obviously, based on this knowledge, right, of terrain theory, right? And I, I, I don't even, I even like the word theory still 
almost makes it seem like it's like kind of theoretical, right? Yeah. But I think yeah just, to inter- just to inter- just to interject, um, I've seen it correct. I've seen folks who are uh, speaking about it say it should be actually the terrain model at this point. Yeah, terrain model or like a yeah the terrain experience, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, because you have to experience it to be able to understand it. Do you know what I mean? And so, because I think that is one of the biggest. And I don't, and I, and I, and I, I'm glad we're here now talking about this because this is the key here. This is, I think, what's what's created this huge shift in my, in my awareness, in my, um, in my understanding of my true powers as well. I've been an athlete. I've been a, like super, like you know, like amongst the best of the best athletes for a very long time in my practice with CrossFit and football before that. So I've always had this, like obviously, like you know, almost like. A status of like you know this guy who's like super fit and stuff so people always would say okay you know because he's so fit he's like healthy and you know he doesn't have to worry about all the problems that other people are worrying about but guess what i used to get sick all the time mm-hmm. and not all the time like i wasn't somebody who get sick like multiple times a year there'd be like one time i get sick a year and or twice whatever but it was as I started to understand like why this was happening, but you don't, you don't pay much attention to it back then. You're just like, whatever it's happened, you know, you're sick. And, but I, this was a huge awakening to me once I started seeing, and I know you guys know, uh, cause you've, um, um, is, uh, you guys know who he is, but Dr. Um, you know, obviously Kaufman and we have, a uh, um, Cowan. why can't I think, why can't I think of his Cowan. name? Cowan. 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 I have a couple of his books and, um, and we, we saw him make that, that big presentation, right. Uh, back in April of like 2020 before that, I think it was. And, um, anyway, so, you know, something sparked inside of us, like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, this is like me getting sick is not something that necessarily that, I, that is happening from outside of me that's coming and getting me right. Like that right there was the pivotal moment. I think where we're going to look back in human history and be like, that was the moment where I questioned, I started, not only did I started questioning that in itself, how germs, you know, are not the cause of disease, but just everything after that, right? You have to question everything. But that was a pivotal moment where you actually understood your true power and the power of many, many, many dimensions. And I'll start with, first of all, obviously the environment, germs. Secondly, your mind, the power of the mind, right? Your core belief systems that you're raised with. So your cultural and uh, social um, political views that dominate the narrative that that narrative that is dominant is dominated through the pharmaceutical industry. All these things. It was like this huge blanket was taken off of me. Just to understand that one simple thing. It's not like I'm someone that constantly gets sick. I've never I've never been to the doctor. I'm always like, you know, but there was this one thing still that I was still kind of part of let's say the collective understanding and that was that hey there's a germ out there that could get me sick right and so when i started hearing the term uh terrain it just and and all these um doctors talking about it and, and, and reading these books like what really makes you ill um which i'm sure you guys know of right um yeah we've had them on uh, yeah sorry we've had them on the pod don and david oh yeah. you did oh i didn't see that i gotta i gotta check that one out yeah they're yeah, great so and, and so, um, but yeah, like these things, it was like, once we, once I knew this, I was like, okay, I got it all under control now, you know, like I have it. It's almost like, 
okay, that, that was the last step. That was like the last thing which I needed in order to fully just liberate myself. It was just, it was a moment of liberation. That's the word I was trying to get to here. The moment of liberation. And I'm sure you guys got this too. Marlon, when I've tried, I've tried endlessly since we started this podcast and we were like terrain theory, we're going to call terrain theory. I've been trying forever to boil it down. And now when people, and we've got a terrain theory shirt, Mike's wearing it. Like when people yep. ask me now, what is terrain theory? My, my in, initial immediate retort is terrain theory is freedom. Yeah. And then they sort of cock their head and it's like, okay, tell me more. And that's ultimately what I have boiled it down to is terrain theory. First and foremost is freedom. Freedom. And then, you know, you can get into empowerment and agency and accountability, but it starts with freedom. Yes. Liberation and freedom, you know, yeah, because you are, you're liberated and you're free. And, and that is such a, and it's crazy because it's, I think, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a, it's, like I said, it was this one thing that still had me kind of, and I'll tell you since, since, since this whole, even just a little bit before that, this whole pandemic began, I was really taking care of my body really well. And I wasn't, I hadn't been sick in a very long time. I run my business and I, I'm always training my clients. I'm always here for them. And I, I, I deal with a lot of clients and they've seen that since almost three years now, I haven't missed a day of work because of, let's say being sick or something like that. Right. But more and more people are getting more and more sick these days. So I leave it to that. I leave it to my experience. I leave it to just being that person. That's like, that's, that's an example of this liberation of how I had to just tweak a few things in my personal life. Some people might have to tweak a lot of things, but I just had to do these things and do these things as like my daily practice. It's part of my culture. And now I'm culturing this lifestyle, which now is, is, is basically a liberation lifestyle. And I'm, and I, I really, I'm really working on, on, on creating a nice program for people to follow, to be able to also liberate themselves which um you know it's it, it comes through it comes through yeah through just the awareness but it's it's essentially that's all it is is now that we're free from this we can move on to bigger better things right yes we're gonna spread the message the word but now that knowledge which we probably i know you guys have probably spent lots of hours down that you know so-called rabbit hole of of terrain and german stuff and and we're keeping up with everything that's going out there and all these guys like alex zach and um and and and, and kaufman and cowan and uh lanka um and uh even all of uh, sam bailey dr sam bailey and all this stuff people that are covering this right amanda and um uh volmer and basically we're seeing more and more people coming out, right? And and like credible people, let's say, right? But there's you don't have to be a doctor to speak this. Like you guys are doing it, I'm doing it. It's experiential wisdom. And it's something that we're all right now at a neutral level. We're all at the exact same level. We are all learning this at the exact same time. Nobody's more of an expert than another at this point. If you're into terrain theory, if you're into like understanding this a terrain reality, uh, the importance of our terrain and how we don't get sick, from germs, right? They're not the cause of germs, or they're not, germs are not the cause of sickness. Um, then we're 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 all neutral right now. We're at the exact same stage of learning, and we are gonna exemplify that and allow others to learn through our experience. And that's it. It's just experiential wisdom. We don't have to have a PhD. We don't have to have anything of that. To understand this is very simple, 
but it does take practice and you have to have the practice in order to be able to understand it. Otherwise it doesn't make any sense because you don't know, you can't, you won't believe that that is why you, you do. You won't believe that, Hey, I didn't, I, I didn't get sick because, or I got sick because somebody passed it on to me. Like you won't be able to not put two and two together and discredit that if you're not living the lifestyle. And that right. is why we, we are going to have a hard time not a hard time, but it's going to be a little more challenging and take a little more time for more and more people to understand this because those habits are ingrained in us. Those ways of thinking are ingrained in us. And we have been raised since day one to believe this and to embody this. And it's part of us, right? Yeah. It's been almost yeah. embedded into your genetics. And it's like, because of the because again, the environment, our environment is the media, the people, everyone's belief systems. That is our environment. We believe it. We embody it. We express it. Yeah, that's right? it. I mean, I like earlier on in this conversation, you mentioned uh, just the word hippie, right? I think about that a lot. It's like, uh, it's almost like a derisive term in some circle, like that hippie bullshit. Ah, Mike's mm-hmm. walking around barefoot again, that fucking hippie bullshit. But it's like, there's just, I've, I've, I don't know. I've always waffled between sort of punk rocker and hippie in my life, right? Like a friend of mine last week gave me a tie dye shirt. It's like, oh my God, I always drew the line at tie dye. It's like, ah, I'm like <laughs> okay, I'm 46. Like, this is my first tie dye because yeah. the hippie bullshit is. There's just so much power to the hippie bullshit, hugging trees and walking barefoot and checking yeah. on your bees. I mean, I full on yesterday, uh, my wife and daughter are at a music camp this week that I chose not to teach at because it was just my birthday last week and I sort of just wanted some time. Happy birthday. Uh, uh, thank you. Oh, just sort of away from work, right? I mean, it's work is so scarce these days, but sometimes, you know, I just chose, I want this week to myself and my son has been home and I had to drive him to work last night. And so I came home, I had a, a few hours to myself, which again, as a homeschool parent it, is alone time is sort of few and far between. Yeah. I was like, well, what do I do when I'm alone? I always grab my guitar. That's, that's what I do. It's the first thing I do. And I like sort of wandered around the house with my guitar for 15 minutes, but it was stuffy. And I thought I'm going, I'm going to the garden. And I just sat in my garden and I tuned my guitar to 432. And nice. because we just interviewed Veda Austin and I have this like reminded uh, realization of you know this seeing is believing and that energy not only translates and manifests but is visible uh she has showed us that um vibe is visible the vibes are visible mm-hmm. again hippie bullshit yeah. so i'm sitting mm-hmm. in my garden i'm playing my guitar at 432 more hippie bullshit and fucking mm-hmm. hummingbirds are landing on yeah. the headstock of my guitar and the bees are swirling around me. And I swear the Swiss shard was like rearing its head and trying to like pull closer. <laughs> it's like, I was like full on hippie bullshit and yeah. there's no turning back because guess what? It works. It works. And I didn't, you know, part of you is like, Oh, I should be capturing this. I should be sharing this. Fuck that. I am in my garden and I can talk about it or not. But, um, nothing feels better than connecting to source and using the tools at our disposal, which are the resonance of the earth, which is the resonance of my guitar, the intention, the nature, and all the forces of what I perceive to be good were 
bending towards me and it was mm-hmm. palpable and I felt it. Yes. And I sat in that space for as long as I could, you know, until I had to go pick up my son from work. Yeah. And well said, man. Well, good experience. That sounds like something that I experience a lot too in my, in my, in my garden. It's just, it's just magic that happens there, right? Miracles that we get to witness and you start to really appreciate them. Like you said, hummingbirds are all over the place. They start they land right in front of you almost. It's just, they're standing still. It's like, how's this bird just hovering there? You know what I mean? And it's I like, and then it's looking at you and then it looks away and then it's gone in two seconds. You're like, you know, it's like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like you start to see these miraculous things and you start to appreciate those forms of life and these organisms. And you start to create this biodiversity and this biodiversity is what we need in this world. Right. Because a lot of the biodiversity is being stripped away because of the modern agricultural methods and the practices and just like, you know, basically industrial industrialization of those, of those practices. And, and, you know, it's, 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 you're missing those key components of diversity. And, and, and so you only find that in like nice, beautiful gardens that people tend to, because that energy is there. Like you said, it's, 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 it's palpable. You can see it. It's, it's, it's a real thing. It's visible because it's just a state of being. It's, it's a harmonics, right? Like, and those harmonics are, uh, sound is a vibration, right? And it's, and it's, um, and it's colorful as well. It's got color, right? You start to see color come up, right? Through a certain vibration, vibrational field, you see colors, you see beautiful greens, colors different from flowers and animals and things. And, you know, like that color is therapeutic as well. And so we have so many like beautiful free medicines available to us, but we, again, culturally, and just through, brainwashing i guess through being kids we see uh medicine as like in like a little jar right a little plastic white jar with like a red label and (laughs) that is so far from like that is so mechanistic it's so it's just so dead and it's got no life and it's just looks like it smells even like like a drawer you know like an old dark drawer like that's that's what i get when i think of a, a little plastic you know like Tylenol container I could just smell like an old dark like like drawer right and it's just like that's not medicine right medicine comes in so many forms movement is medicine like color is medicine music is medicine light is medicine interaction is medicine um you know and and even silence is medicine medicine right blackness darkness right that's medicine like so there's just medicine is essentially like it's, I don't even like to use like that word, but essentially it's just, it's, it's just information that is constantly, it's a holistic information, informational field that is, that we need. And there is no one thing that's better than another. Like, you know, we can get swept up in like the health community of like this, the next best antioxidant, the next best supplement, you know, and it's like, you got to supplement with this and that. And like, everybody is like, pushing obviously supplements which are good they have their their purpose and obviously there's it's better to take a good supplement than a bad supplement right but it, there's just so much to it like that supplement is not going to cure your disease if you are not sleeping well it's in the word yeah it's it's, it's in- meant to supplement the fundamentals exactly you know, you've got to hammer those fundamentals and then okay there's some things i need to make up and maybe plug in some gaps okay now i can turn to it that's not where you turn to first no first thing are the foundational things yeah and so it's 
you know, you're, you're almost the, the opposite of like a doctor. You become like, cause I'm like, you know, I do, I do essentially people, I can prescribe essentially like in that sense. I'm like, Hey, take this, take this. And people will go do it. Cause they're like, whatever you're doing, I want to do too. So yeah. you have this power also to give influence in that sense. So you have to be careful with that power because you can just turn people to supplements and be supplement junkies and be like, yeah, this is what's going to help you. And it doesn't help them because they're not, they don't have those fundamentals like you just said. Right. And so yeah. this is a little bit of the, the, the learning curve as well as like being in the health industry and seeing like the, the trends and, you know, like the com commercialization and profitability of supplements and taking from the land and growing a multi-million dollar company, but you're doing it at the expense of nature, right? You're still polluting. You're still, you know, using plastic. You're still, you're still doing the exact same practice as a, this other corporation that we're deeming bad or irresponsible. You're doing the exact same thing, but you're just offering a, like a supposedly a better product, right? So you can get caught up in this as well because it's just human nature, right? And we, and so there's, but there is, there is solutions to that. And and it, they are, there's more, there's more, always going to be more, we're going to improve in that sense, right? But connecting to the land, connecting to your terrain, right? The land is a terrain, but so is your body. And as, as soon as you start to mimic that and the terrain, like how you take care of your terrain outside a garden, you start to see that your body's a garden too. And if you don't want pests in that garden, you have to attend to it in a certain way. You have to cultivate it in a certain way. Same with your body. If you don't want pests inside your body, you have to cultivate it in a certain way. You have to uh, create the environment that it, you know, basically all that like microbes are good or bad parasites, fungi, candida, so, you know, all this is just, they're just, they're just like, they're not like, it's funny because people are not scared of candida. Like people are not like, Oh my God, there's candida floating around. And I'm just going to get it. Or guys, I got infected by candida. Like nobody, nobody, that would be crazy. And even though people know that they have like a parasite infection, they're not like, oh my God, there's parasites everywhere. Like I've got to watch out. Like, no, like that parasite found its way and it's in your body because you have essentially an environment for that body or for that, for that parasite, right? Your body is the environment. It created the environment. You are having a certain kind of foods that you're eating and now it has this environment. And guess what? It started as a microscopic thing and it found its way in your, in your system. And it's like, Hey, this is a cool place to hang out. I'm going to proliferate here. Right? So you basically set up shop. That's it. That's all that happened. You didn't get it. Like it didn't, these things are coming in and out of you all the time. But if you don't have the environment for, it, if you don't have, if you don't have a hotel, open vacancy for it it's not going to stick around right yeah. so it's they're just adaptive in that sense they're pleomorphic they'll change from good bacteria to bad bacteria from bad bacteria to good bacteria according to the environment and they'll adapt to that like i always give the example to people i say you don't walk around in the woods and all of a sudden find a carcass laying on the floor and seeing all these maggots on it and then you think oh my god there's killer maggots out here like, watch out, let's call the, you know, like the, the police, let's call like the CDC, let's tell them that there's maggots that are killing things. No, you're like, okay, the maggots are there because it's dead and it's breaking down this dead organism and it's doing its job. And the only time a maggot exists, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, I've been vegan for a long time and then I became, I'm recently more vegetarian. I have some eggs and stuff and some cheese, but like, I don't have like meat that I put in my compost because I don't, we don't eat, we don't eat meat. Right. 
And, but as soon as you put meat, cause I've had some people living with us at certain times and they'll have like, they'll go buy a chicken or something and then they'll put the bones. As soon as they do that, I open up the, 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 the compost and man, there's all these maggots everywhere. I'm like, Oh, like, man, like, you know, like, I'm like, I don't usually have maggots. Like, so it's kind of a little bit gross to see some maggots, even though they're cool, they're doing a good job. I'm like, ah, it's not a site that I usually am used to seeing, but those maggots don't exist there unless you put meat there. So they only grow where they're needed to break down that meat, right? So that's the exact same thing with all so-called germs and, you know, viruses and stuff is that, you know, they, they're, it's, it's a breakdown of material and it's being recycled by something and it's doing its job. And when that job is done, then they move on and they go somewhere else, right? So that is a really good analogy that I give people about how so-called pests and germs and things exist and why they exist. They have a purpose, just like anything, just like the garbage men, just like the firefighters. We all have a purpose and we all are there when needs to be, when needs to be addressed and that problem needs to address and then we're out and that's it. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Kaufman, Kaufman and Cowan like to use the, the firefighter analogy. It's like mm-hmm. blaming firefighters for the fire because firefighters are always there around a fire. Like, no, they're, they're mm. the cleanup crew. They're the people who are putting out the fire. It's, um, you're blaming these microscopic things that happen to be around a broken down cell for mm-hmm. causing the breakdown of the cell. It's not that it's, you've got it all backwards. Um, backwards, and exactly. yet this, yeah. And then, yet this becomes the story then that <laughs> we're all subjected to. Uh, I love that phrase. Your, your body is a garden. Is one yeah, that I wrote I'm going to, I'm going to start trotting that out in conversation because words are so important and we're as, as simple as it seems it's it's simultaneously very simple and very complicated right trying to like paradigm shifts are messy as fuck as we say and your body is a garden i think is something people can relate to mm-hmm. because it's, it's almost like it's kindergarten level logic right it's just like very it's like drawing a rainbow it's like your body is a garden and i love that so thanks for that and sorry to interrupt you real quick but no it's I, another way too because not everybody has a garden so not everyone knows what yeah. garden operates like so you can say your body is like your car your body is like your house like if you don't take care of it if you don't you know people everybody understands equity and you know raising the value of your house and to resell it like you know real estate is a big thing these days and everybody's after land and they understand like if you take care of that land and you build it up you're going to increase the value of your home and it's going to be livable and your people you're going to have people over people are not going to think oh, i don't want to live here i don't want to hang out here like or your car people like love to keep their car clean or some people are neat freaks right if you depending on the kind of person you come across it's good to use an analogy that they can relate to mm-hmm. right so if they're super, yeah. so there's someone who just you know they're they driving the nicest vehicle i always use that analogy for a lot of my clients sometimes they have some really nice cars and i'm like listen like you know how you like to take care of that car like as much as you take care of that car all the time you put into that car and the investment that you put into that car think of your body as that right you give your car premium fuel you're constantly taking it into car wash you're taking it to the detailer right you're, you're you're tuning it you're doing all these things that are basically increasing the performance of that vehicle and keeping it nice and livable right and you don't have very many things wrong with it you don't have it break down on you every two seconds right no it's it's finely tuned why don't we treat your body like that imagine what would happen if you used, put the exact same amount of tension and energy into that into your body into your car what would ha- or it, what would, like as you do in your car what what would happen do you think and then they give me a pretty good answer and i'm like okay so you meet the person where they're at right 
and yeah. give them an analogy, an example of something perhaps that they, they take care of a lot and then give them that example. And that's all it is, right? And most people know, they know I'm not healthy. Hey, they know that they need to fix things. But again, habits are powerful things and they're programs, right? If you're in an addiction, because basically that's all a habit is kind of is, is like an addiction. If you're stuck in that loop, it's hard to get out of an addiction. We know that through like drug uses and stuff. And I've seen that in a lot of my family too. And it's really tough to break someone out of an addiction. And we all have addictions, right? Addictions to foods, addiction to entertainment, addictions, addictions to like, you know, negative thoughts, negative emotions. Your body gets good at, at, at creating those negative or cata- catabolic hormonal um, uh, production and it gets really good at it. So it happens very easily and you can easily be in a negative state. And so, or you're just, you just feel good eating, you know, McDonald's or, or A and W, whatever it may be, because it's instantaneous gratification. And so that is an addiction in itself, right? So it's like, we're living in a world full of addictions, right? And even myself, I can say, consider myself like, like addicted to exercise. Like, you know, I have to exercise. And if I don't for a certain amount of days, I'm like, I'm not the same. So, but that in itself could have power over me in a way, you know, if I'm trying to do yeah. something else that requires more of my time, but I'm not able to give up my exercise. Now I am falling. A, now it is impacting me in a negative way. So mm-hmm. even the so-called positive things could have a negative impact on you. You just have to have that fine balance, right? And know that, Hey, I'm not, I'm not subject to this thing. Like this thing doesn't control me. I can cut this thing off at any time. That could also be, that could also be used for, you know, so-called positive things, right? Because, you could be, you know, breaking up relationships, especially in these last two years, a lot of families and friends have broken up because different points of views and of what they're going to do and what they want to, you know, put them, put on their body and who they want to hang out with. And you know what I mean? And so all these things are just like, they're, they're corruptions that are happening at the family level now, even. And, and it's, um, uh, whether it's intentional or not, it's happening. And we just have to be aware of that also. And then, be able to approach people in a positive way um in an uplifting way and understand that you have to accept others for who they are you know you have to accept yourself for who you are right um uncertainty is reality right and that you know like if you're having issues and you're having like doubts of yourself um you have to know that like solutions will emerge eventually in order for that to happen. And then don't force situations, right? So you don't have to force situations. We just have to like, again, live, like allow people to be who they are, allow yourself to be who you are and just lead by example. Right. And then just embrace it all, right. Just embrace it all. And then this is the dance of life. The dance of life is, knowing that there's going to be things that are going to be swaying back and forth. There's going to be hard times and there's going to be, you know, you're going to be subjected to anger or to want to push your, your belief systems on people on, on the world. You want to see the world change right away. Right. And again, that's programming since we're children that we get like fast food education, fast food, fast food, microwaves, things where we get things instantaneously. We want the world to change instantaneously too, but we can't do that. So we have to accept that that's going to take time. And that is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Like every day I wake up and I'm like, man, this is a beautiful day. Like this is a beautiful opportunity to make a difference, to discover something new and to witness a miracle. Like that's literally some of my, my mantras in the mornings. And it's like, I get all those things. What I ask, what you ask for is what you get, right? I witness miracles. I, I get access to new information. I explore new topics. 
I meet new people like through the internet, through just my daily walks of life. Um, and I discover more about myself. Right. And it's like this introversion, like I'm, 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 I am an introvert, but you know, and there's extroverts which need energy differently, but which I realize as well, but you know, it just your intention of how you start your day is what you get through your day. Right. And so that intention is also an awareness, which you have to be aware of, because if you don't have an intent, then you just get whatever you get and you don't get upset. Mm. Right. Because you asked, you didn't ask for anything. So, you know what I mean? Like, if you didn't ask, the answer is always going to be yes. Like you get something shitty today. Yeah. You got something shitty because you didn't ask for something nice, right? Like you have to essentially be aware that action and inaction are the exact same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Not taking action is also action, yeah. right? And so you can't get something for nothing. There's got to be an intention. There's got to be an effort. And it's reciprocal. You, there's a yin and there's a yang. There's a, there's, a, there's a pendulum that's swinging back and forth. You know, the distance of the pendulum to the right is the equal to the distance of the pendulum to the left. So if you've been out of balance for 10 years, it might take you 10 years to get back into balance, right? But these are principles that you cannot ignore, right? You have to – this is just the way the, universal, the universe works. You, you can't cheat it. There's no hacks to it, right? Right. And so everything, you know, to regenerate a land, it's going to take time. If it's out of balance and it's been misused, it's going to take time. If, you know, if you have a dog who you rescue who has had trauma, it's going to take a long time to bring that dog back to like homeostasis because it's dealt with trauma. You're doing a good deed and you might want this dog to all of a sudden be good, but it's actually going to take some time. Like people, rehabilitation, post-traumatic stress, all these things takes time. It takes energy. People need to interact with people with mental health to help them get better. But no, people don't want to interact with somebody like that because it's actually very, it's, it takes a lot of energy. I, I work with people with some mental health issues for a long time and I was living with an individual for a long time and it's very draining. These people, you know, they, they see the world, people see, everybody sees the world differently. But when you're dealing with somebody who's seen the world in a completely different way and you're trying your best to help them and to neutralize yourself, without being like take it, take on their, their stress, it, it's really difficult. And so that's why it's easier to medicate people. Right. And I had to help, you know, this person not hopefully not be on so much medication by doing all the good things outside and, you know, and giving them love. But even then those people can be so subjected to like anger and to like trauma and like abuse. And like, let's say like being like, um, ne neglected and, uh, you know, all these things, that they actually don't want to receive love either, or they don't want to receive good information and they don't want to, they don't want to, they actually don't want to, to take, to be happy or, or they can't. It's not that they don't want to, they can't because they're, they're just too stuck with what the trauma that they have. So you start to see like, that's one degree of, of, of the polarity of like really being mm -hmm. unwell, let's say unwell, according to what society deems well, and then being like super, you know, enlightened, like super guru, like in a cave, like, or mother Teresa, right? Like <laughs> you basically have like these degrees in between and we're all, we're all, we're all exposed to all that. And we have to somehow mitigate ourselves and balance ourselves within this collective just wave of, 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 uh, of, 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 of cultural differences and stuff. And so I think, it's just, it's just, it's, that's the dance of life. Like I said, and that is the, that is your Dharma is to find a way through that and discover yourself in the process.
right? I'm really, really glad you brought that word up, trauma. I'm just like looking at some of our lists of questions. And one was, why do some people wake up and others do not? And I've become very cognizant that all of us at some degree on a spectrum are processing some amount of trauma and some much, much more than others. And you don't, you don't see it on a person necessarily at the, especially people you're just meeting. Um, I'm definitely guilty of like making assumptions that people are a certain way or they're, they are like me in a certain way. I project how I see the world on them and, and, I'm learning to see uh, people or just sort of meet them where they are and not make assumptions as to how they see the world and what they're dealing with, right? Uh, over a lifetime, whether you're a young person or a middle-aged, old, doesn't matter. Um, we're all seeing the world through a certain lens of trauma, whether we like it or not. And it is incapacitating, Right there are comfort zones in in staying like you said the addictions are are habits and you can be addicted to your trauma whether you even know it or not and mm-hmm. so that's a big thing for me is and i think earlier when i said like just having a, a level of grace with people that's part of it too is that there's a lot uh, i think psychologically going on within a person that I have no fucking idea about. And I, I just, I can't just like come out guns a blazing and be like, y'all sh- what this worked for me and this worked for me and this worked for me and this worked for me. Um, I just need to honor that not everybody has the bandwidth um, because of their life experience and, and to meet someone where they are um, without judgment is maybe the most important lesson I've learned in these last couple of years. Well, we, we all have, um, Waking up, we all have something that we haven't woke up to. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody. You know what I mean? Waking up doesn't necessarily mean that you wake up and that's it. You have not, like you've woke, like you're that's it. Like no, there's so many things to wake up to. Essentially, like you can be more responsible parent. Like you could be a better partner to your wife, like or to your girlfriend. Like waking up to being more compassionate. Waking up to uh, taking more responsibility to you know recycle or to you know to do things like uh, that. I don't know, pay your bills on time, like whatever, like do things like I'm just giving examples Like we can always have a realization and wake up to something. But the term waking up, I think is something that, you know, it's almost like, okay, well, what happens when you wake up? It's easy to sleep, right? When you wake up, there's a lot of work to be done now. Okay. Like now you got to function, you got to go eat, you got to go to work, you got to do things. It's actually not an easy process. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh yeah, I woke up. I'm so uh, like, I'm so liberated. No, you actually have way more responsibility now, right? You have your responsibility. When you were sleeping, you had no responsibility. You were, you were in your your subconscious mind. You know, you it was taking care of everything. Your autonomic nervous system was just helping you breathe. Your heart was beating. You're digesting. Your everything was fine. You were unconscious of it, and it was easy. It was nice. But when you when you wake up. Shit hits the fan now. Now you got to take responsibility. You got to take, you got to have the ability to respond to all your environmental uh, demands. And it is a hard task. Essentially it takes effort and you are now, 
you now are in control. Well, you are now in control, but you're also faced with a lot of factors which you have to mitigate and you have to deal with. So it is not an easy process, right? It, it takes work. And once you have uh, become, let's say, more aware of certain things, you have to take more responsibility of yourself, of your body. And every action you do, you have to be more aware of because they're going to bring back something to you, which you might like or might not like. But when you take you step into your power. That's what it's called. Stepping into your power. You understand like, you know what? Like, yeah, I can go get insurance for everything in my life, or I could just take more responsibility over my more of those things in my life. So I don't need insurance, but these companies, again, another company comes and gives you the satisfaction or the promise that, Hey, you don't have to worry. We will insure this and this and this and this. And if something happens, then we will replace it with this or whatever it may be. Right. That insurance, again, is a revolution to try to make your life easier, but it takes less responsibility away from you, or it takes it takes your responsibility away from yourself, right, and your actions. So now you don't have to be super aware to drive on the road because, like, if something happens, you have insurance, right? It's like, oh, guess what? If, I, if you know, God forbid anybody passes away, but you have life insurance now that your kids are going to have, you know, like, be okay. They have something, something to fall back on. Like, it's like, how would we not, like, be so scared of dying, like, and give our kids, learn to give our kids and our family and our friends the power to survive. If something happens to me, you know how to survive. And that is the insurance, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to yeah. be okay. Like they're going to be able to fend for themselves. You know what I mean? Like that is the responsibility that we need to take as sovereign beings. Like that's what sovereignty means is having that ability to take res- uh, responsibility for everything you do, everything you do. You know what I mean? And so you just have to, that that goes in everything, like all aspects of life, anything that you can think of that requires some type of insurance. Think about if you don't have the insurance, what would you need to do in order for that to be insured or to at least not have the fear of that happening, this negative thing happening, right? That is what sovereignty is. And so, you know, like that could even be walking down the street knowing that you're not going to get jumped. Like there's no insurance policies to people that get jumped on the street, but Somebody could come with a good business idea and say, hey, somebody, there's people out there killing people and shooting people nowadays. You should have insurance for, there's a a company now that insures you against getting beat up or something. Like, people will go buy it because they're scared they're going to get beat up. But do you see people getting beat up every day in the street? Not not really. But there is a chance. And that one chance can give you, can create money, profit for for a company to come and insure you, right? So, but it's like, you, if you have the responsibility for yourself and you understand how to carry yourself on the street, you're not going to get beat up or you're not going to get robbed. Right. So that is an example of how you can take responsibility for yourself very easily in those realms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to real quickly come back uh, to the, to the phrase waking up because I've, I've been trying to find different expressions. I feel like it can, it can be maybe a little bit derogatory, a little bit condescending. Uh, And also, as you pointed out, it's very binary. You're either in, in, used literally, you're either asleep or then you are awake. But what you're saying is, well, you can wake up to multiple things. And I think perhaps the better expression, which you've already introduced in this conversation is to be made aware of. Mm -hmm. So we're already, you know, literally awake right now, but what are we aware of in our Mm -hmm. lives? And so there's, there are things that we are not aware of, and then there are things that we are aware of, but we're all awake. Um, to, to varying degrees. So perhaps that might be the, the, the better phrase for me to be using from now on. Yeah, this person, or that aware. person or people are not aware of this, aware of the conversation around germ theory versus terrain theory, rather than they're not awake. 
And also one thing I like to, and I talk about this with my wife all the time, I'd say it's good to not generalize as well, right? Because mm. sometimes you walk in in the house, it's like, oh, the world's, you know, the world is this, everyone is this. And it's like, but it's like, do you think really that everyone is like that? Because when mm. you say everyone is like this, you are literally, you're, you're putting it out there, projecting mm. that the whole world is this and you're the one individual that is not like that. But it's like, no, we have to give credit and power to the fact that there are many, many people out there who, let's say, are aware of this or are not aware of that. So I like to like sometimes even like, be aware of the words that I use, yeah. right? Because spelling, when you spell, you're casting a spell. Words are spells. So you are basically using those words and you're casting a spell. So if I say, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's certain individuals, there's certain people in certain groups which may not see this in this particular way or which see the world as, or think that, right. But there are some people out there or there's groups of people, right. There's a, there's a school of thought or there's communities out there. Like, because then you're, you're, you're narrowing it down to like groups, little groups, not generalizing the whole world. And so I like to do that just so that I don't put a, even to protect myself too, not to, put this huge burden on myself that everyone out there is like that. And I'm the only one that's like this because now I'm like, not only am I making myself even smaller, but I'm also putting more responsibility upon myself to say that like people are not aware these days. So when I say people, I'm almost like generalizing as everyone. Right. But it's like, no, there may some, there may be people out there who are not aware of this, this thing about, you know, germs not being, a, you know, the cause of disease. And we see that because, right. And so it's like, it's like, just like playing around with words. It's fun. It's fun to do. And, and it's fun to like, to see how you can, you know, like, like, like understand, uh, understand and stand under. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then this, this is a thing, right? It's like, I understand as well because mm. I'm standing within myself, right? I'm understanding, not outer standing, right? From what I understand right now in my place in my life at 36 years old is this, and this is what I have to offer. I don't think I know everything. I think that when you know more, you become more ignorant because you become thinking that, you know, like all this great knowledge. And then you're like, okay, I'm limited to this because I'm overwhelmed by this. So now this becomes my bubble, but now I'm even more ignorant to more possibilities. So you're actually always in a state of ignorance. And so you have to also understand that because then you think, okay, I don't know everything. I have to question everything still. And I'm just learning through experience. So based on my experience, this is what feels real to me. And I can prove that by this and this and this, right? So I don't have to necessarily convince someone that germs are not real or that they're not, viruses aren't real and that they don't cause disease. But I can say, based on what I've been practicing, I haven't got sick in this much time. And I've been exposed to everyone and I never wore a mask once. I never social distanced. I never took anything. I've been living my life the way I've always been living it. Um, and I've just maybe made a couple tweaks here and there, but through my experience and through the experience of many people out there, other, other people that I've been connecting with, they've also had the same experience. So as long as you can say that, then you can't say there's no such thing as let's say black swans, because if, once you see one black swan, that means it exists and it's a possibility. And in science, that's what you have to explore. You have to explore all possibilities. Right. And so that's why, you know, we are essentially scientists all our, our, as well, every one of us, because we're always proving phenomenons to be real, right? If we see this as a phenomenon 
oh, that one guy's not getting sick. Well, guess what? That's a phenomenon in this world right now where supposedly this thing's supposed to kill everyone. Well, guess what? Let's explore that phenomenon. And how do we reaffirm that phenomenon? By speaking to others like yourself. Hey, you're also experiencing this too, right? Well, guess what? That's a phenomenon. That is a proof of science is observing something in this phenomenon and being able to like prove that it works over and over again, right? Like, and so that is that is what we're doing. We're performing science as well in that sense, right? And that's the way it's supposed to be done. We're not we're not leaving everything out else out. We're just saying, hey, this is also something that we are the you know we're the control group essentially, right? And so it's like we all are co-creating this reality, and we all have an input, and that input is is your experience, and that's all you have to offer is your experience. It doesn't matter what a book says. It doesn't matter how many books you've read because that's all theoretical, essentially. It's not until you put it into practice that it becomes, you know, true knowledge, right? And that knowledge will give you power, but it's only potential power until you keep practicing it, right? Until you put it into practice, that's when it becomes power. Otherwise, it's just, again, it's just potential power, right? And that that potential is just always lingering at all times. And so until you put any of that into practice and live it, breathe it, feel it, and they truly like become one with it, that it becomes like reality. It becomes a true thing that you can say, Hey, look, this is me. This is my experience. Take it for what it is or don't, but it's not going to hurt me if you do. And it's not going to hurt me if you don't, I'm just here. If you want to, if you want to be free, if you want to be liberated, right. It, you, you can also do this too. We, I can show you how, or I can, I can, I can share it with you we're all scientists we're all alchemists so you know and all you can do all you can do is ring that tuning fork and then see who it resonates with yeah don't don't limit yourself yeah marlon what are your daily your your daily habits your non-negotiables those things that you do every day to to uh to tend to your terrain and maintain your health um the biggest thing honestly that i'm gonna because obviously i do a lot there's a lot of things i do especially as an athlete and somebody who's you know obviously has raise my awareness at all the levels are like that I'm at right now with this kind of life that I live. Um, the biggest thing I would say that I tend to is sleep. Okay. Hmm. Then comes hydration. Okay. Um, then movement. And then, um, quietness, quiet time. Hmm. Yeah, that could come through meditation and come through, you know, just having time for yourself. Um, and then um, exploring or living out and uh, reaping like the fruits of my labor. So like being happy with the things I do have in my life and celebrating those things. So those are like the four components, right? Those are like, they call it the four doctors. Um, Paul Check's system calls it the four doctors. Um, and uh, basically Dr. Um, Dr. Quiet, uh, Dr. Movement, Dr. Diet, and Dr. Happy, right? And so, like, basically those are four things that you can you can expand upon. But as long as you have rest, as long as you're 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 for sure you're taking your hydration, uh, you're moving, um, and you're having time to learn, time for quietness, to rest, and to just, you know, to meditate it, you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be happy right? You're going to be happy because you're going to have, and you're going to be healthy and you're going to be vital. And those are the non-essential. Those are the things that are like, those are, those are the essential things, non-negotiable things for sure that I, I can almost guarantee you if you do those things, 
it's very simply said, obviously it's harder practice and it takes a little bit of, of coaching sometimes with people because they really don't understand what that means um, because they have a different perception of what those are categorized under and what it means to, to, for that. Cause some people say, yeah, I got rest. I got three hours sleep last night. And it's like, Holy mm-hmm. shit, man. Right. So these people have a different understanding of what rest means. Right. So again, how you categorize those things, how, how much importance you put to them and like how they're balanced out is a, there's a certain equation there that you need to obviously like sometimes make it very clear for people. But those I would say are the most optimal. If you don't, you don't get enough rest, you, it doesn't matter how much supplements you're on. You're still not going to no, no, nothing's going to save you. So that's those sound like uh those sound like four doctors I would turn to for prescription. <laughs> yeah. And you have them available to you all the time. All the time. Uh, Marlon, where's the best place for people to, uh, to learn more about you? Um, well, I just have uh, right now, it's just my Instagram accounts. So if you go to at Marlon and philosophy, then I have other accounts as well. I have my self strength club, which is just for my fitness stuff. And then uh, my philosophy, which is just another side page got going on which i have i try to put more of my deep thoughts in there and just you know philosophy itself and then uh i'm nice academics which i try to i try to create a platform for more educational stuff which i will tend to down the road i think when i have maybe a little more help or when i have more more uh, um, a little more time for that but where i can put more of these teachings but basically just social media right now and obviously i do do a lot of online coaching i have i have online clients which i help from a distance and i basically treat them the same way as i treat like a regular client so i just it's just from a distance prescribe workouts lifestyle stuff i have questionnaires everything that i send to them where they can assess get assessments for themselves understand where they're out of balance and I can uh, use those questionnaires, those forms to give them, you know, the right nutritional plan for their, um, uh, for their uh, primal pattern type and uh, basically their genetic type. And then also just the type of workouts that they should be doing according to their, the stats, the, the, statistics, the, the stats that come back to me to understand where they're at, whether and they're too much of a fight or flight or if they're, you know, good to take on the CrossFit games, um, whatever it may be. I prescribe some, some, some basically programs like that online as well. I love it. Well, we've only scratched like the the surface here and covered about half of what we wanted to. So we're going to have to get you on again, but, uh, Marlon Azurdia, thanks for joining us on the train theory podcast. Hey man, it was a pleasure. I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are doing what you're doing right now. Keep doing that. Um, you know, you have a great, uh, a great podcast. You're interviewing some really great people and doing some really awesome things for the world. And that's all we have to do is just keep doing the work. Amen. All right, Michael, what do you think of Marlon? Man, uh, you know, sometimes I go into these completely cold. This is somebody that you found really just on Instagram, right? And you said, I'm going to invite this guy in the pod. And I didn't even, I didn't even know his name until a couple days ago. And I actually consciously decided to not, uh, look him up and, and and get up to speed on what he was all about and uh, because there's that element of discovery that maybe I'm a little bit addicted to and I know that you've done the heavy lifting and the homework and thought of some questions in advance so I can just sort of be along for the ride and what a glorious ride that was. Yeah, this is and and this is just one of those times when I look at social media and I look at the algorithm and I'm like, okay, well maybe there is some some good that's happening here and you get connected to random people because the algorithm goes, "Hey, I think you would like this." And I go, "Oh, uh, this guy's pretty interesting because 
one, he's speaking about a lot of things that Mike and I are speaking about. Like he was posting about Dr. Bruce Lipton, which we didn't even get into. He started to talk about epigenetics and um, biology of belief. We were brushing up against that without naming it, but he was he was talking about it on his mm-hmm. social channel at the same time that you and I were starting this podcast and having conversations about mm-hmm. Dr. Bruce Lipton and the biology of belief. So I followed him, started following his journey and just so much of what he's saying and doing. And again, like gardening and permaculture, we meant to get into, we didn't get into too far, but you and he are both like avid gardeners. He's growing a lot of food. And I just thought, okay, this, it's almost like finding your tribe mm-hmm. in, in a way. We, we've had naturopaths, we've had doctors on uh we've had folks who are applying their trade and are squarely in the terrain theory sort of idea or or health industry or medical industry um and marlon was like no this is guy this is a guy who's like walking it is exactly what you have said is appreciation to integration i saw this guy and i went he's all about integration right now. Yeah. This guy is walking in integration. Um, let's get him on. Let's see what he has to say. And plus, he's you know living in Canada. It's a, an interesting perspective to the to the listener. We're gonna we're already scheming to get Marlon back on. We had a whole um, series of questions to ask him about uh, life in Canada and and some of what we're up against. Um, just trying to get across the border and restrictions and and all the nonsense of the past two years. So look forward to getting Marlon back on to uh, continue the conversation and, and learn a bit a little bit more about him and get that perspective. I also always appreciate the validation. Um, I think there's some cynicism out there and sometimes I fall prey to about like, uh, you know, just, we're just like doing a podcast, man. And like, and we're talking about the stuff and like, you know, just another podcast, just another couple (laughs) white dudes talking about whatever. I mean, I've I've received that criticism from even even friends of mine, mm. but I don't know. I feel like the podcast space, if you will, is sort of the Wild West still. Mm. It's a free exchange of ideas, um, period. And it's, fuck, that's hard to come by in this day and age, right? It's a place where and with, Merlin, for all intents and purposes, was a complete stranger to me. I didn't know anything about the man. Yeah. And we were able to have a free exchange of ideas and find that resonance. Um, and you can be cynical about the technology. I know I can be and the AI and the Internet of Things. But here we are using these tools, uh, dare I say, for good. And it fills me up and it makes me want to do more and to receive that positive feedback from someone like Marlon, like keep doing what you're doing, keep having the conversations, who knows how long we'll be able to have these conversations uh, is not insignificant. Right. I mean, I I, I sit here and I scribble down notes in the course of these conversations and I just so many, so many, so many nuggets of wisdom that fill Mm. me up and spur me on. Yeah. Well, uh, living our truth and, and like he said, and and like you just said, you know, we can get hung up on, on followers and likes and comments and how many people are listening to a a given podcast. And at the end of the day, I look at it and go, this is just you and I documenting our journey and having conversations with people who are also on a journey and who we're resonating with. We're finding resonance with, we're just bringing our tuning, tuning forks and the, the digital proximity to them, uh, and finding your tribe, which is something that, you know, people say we should be doing right now. And I, I wholeheartedly believe, and some of that should be done geographically, like right in your community. And then some of it can be done digitally while we can do it. Uh, and at the end of the day, like I, just met and interacted with someone who is on 
the same level, you know, who is resonating. That's just the human experience. So we share that with listeners. And if that resonates with you, man, awesome. Uh, If it just resonates with Mike and I, also awesome. Also awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Well, to the listener, if uh, if you have a trained transformation story that you want to share with us, we've got a good one coming up next week. We're going to interview Kylie Zek, Alec Zek's um, wife, and she she healed herself naturally from a number of autoimmune diseases. Uh, but if you or someone you know has a terrain transformation story that that you want to share or they might want to share, uh, send me an email at ben at terraintheory.net. Neither Mike nor I are medical experts. Nothing you heard here should be misconstrued as medical advice. Remember that you are light, you are love, and you are your primary healthcare provider. And we'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.